Active the Hive. Launching Neuro Hive sequence. Welcome, welcome to the Smarter Marketing Revolution, presented by Hidden Force Media, with your host, Alex Vonderhaar. What is going on? Welcome back. I've got a really important episode for you guys today, specifically for those of you that have a website. I know, which is a lot of you, especially since this audience is a lot of amazing entrepreneurs, CEOs, and just badasses in general. We need to talk about something important, and it's about to get a little nerdy. It's about to get a little geeky, but it's super, super important for you if you have ever invested into SEO or if you've ever done anything to invest into your website as a whole. The stuff that's coming inside of this year, specifically within quarter one and quarter two, are going to be monumentally important. And today's episode is a guide for the web. It's a guide for web vitals more specifically. And if you've recently tried to read up on what Google calls core web vitals, it might have left your head spinning. You want to know how this new research ranking metric will affect your all your web pages. And most of the articles out there that have been written for some of them with a master's degree in website engineering, and I know that's not a lot of you because it's definitely not me. But the good news is that Here's, we're going to break down step-by-step step what you need to do based off of Google's best practices on how to set up and update your website so that way you're up to speed, your core web vitals are hitting their new rankings, and that way you're not going to drop down on Google. But first, let's break down because I am no way a web expert, so I had to do a ton of research to get this one ready for you, and I've run this by quite a few of my own team who are web experts, and they all agreed we're checked out and solid and ready to go for this. Core Web Vitals are part of what is called the Google Page Experience Update. That finished a rollout at the end of August 2021. The Google algorithm is now using three Core Web Vitals to decide where your page ranks on search engine results pages, also called SERP. Like many other Google updates, the search metrics, this one focuses on improving the user experience. After all, if your visitors are on your site and they're happy with your experience, they're more likely to feel like Google has actually delivered the result that they're looking for. So there are three core web vitals that they're going to start looking for. One, the largest contentful paint, LCP. This is what is perceived load page speed. The second one is first input delay, FID. This is the lag between the first click and processing that click. And the third part is cumulative layout shift. This is your visual page stability. Google has narrowed it down to these three based on how heavily they impact the user experience. And think about it yourself, right? Like if you, uh, if you think a page is taking too long to load, you're probably going to bounce because you're going to think that it's bullshit. If it's, there's a super big lag between when you're clicking and when that click is actually processed, you get really frustrated. I get frustrated. I end up moving out of the site and bouncing. Then the last one is how stable the page is, right? If the page is kind of glitching out, what does that tell you about the page, right? It's probably, hey, it's not a well-built site. I'm not going to, definitely not going to spend my money on it. So the Core Web Vitals calculation is based on the accumulated data about the actual user experience on your site. This, this data can be located under the Experience tab within your Google Search Console so you can get a good idea as to how things are moving. Now, we're going to cover each one of these core web vitals in details, including why marketers need to know about them. That's right. For all of you marketers that are following me trying to get the inside scoop, 
This is going to be something that your clients may not be talking about and probably have no idea even exists. But when you come to them and say, this is stuff that we actually have to work on, this could actually add money to your bottom line, especially if you have a great web developer in-house. And it's going to be something that's going to leave a big impact for your clients that a lot of these quote-unquote gurus have no ideas going on. So why does the largest conventional paint matter? Website visitors are used to the instant gratification world that we lived in. And we still do. I'm used to it. You're used to it. Everybody loves the instant gratification. And they don't expect to wait for pages to load. And if your website takes too long, they pretty much are always going to bounce, right? It's well known. We need to get that well under the three-second rule. And it's going to start to matter even more and more. Since another school or program is just a Google search away or a course or your product page on Shopify, they're probably going to abandon your page and search for one that works. For this reason, you should aim to your load speed as quickly as possible. But page speed is a lot more complicated than what most people give it credit for. Since the elements on a page generally load in sequence, even if the sequence is completed in milliseconds, how exactly do you start to measure the load speed? LCP is the answer that Google has come up with. It tracks how quickly the most prominent images, usually a hero or a banner image, load on a page. So here's some quick actionables on how to actually improve LCP. Web developers and site managers have several server-side tricks and coding tools that they can use to improve LCP. These include things like activating a content delivery network, caching your HTML, and eliminating render blocking resources. As marketers, you can take some action, especially if you're the one in charge of posting content to your site. First, consider the size of your image. We all know that. The big images, they slow us down. Larger images and videos slow down times, and they keep them as small as possible. While you're at it, avoid on-page image resizing, and uploading the image pre-sized removes one more task that the page has to do. The other thing, fancy custom fonts also slow down LCP. Same goes for too many plugin. The general rule to keep in mind is don't add anything to your site that isn't essential. But first, why does that matter? I think you're starting to see, right? We're starting to see how all this starts to stack and we're already on the first one. Second part, first input delay matters. You don't want potential customers, students, consumers just to read your content. You want them to be so inspired that they must take an action, right? This is where we spend tons of time and money tweaking copy and offer and structure, but if they're not even getting there, why does it matter? This is where first input delay comes into play as it measures whether they can take action quickly. It's a gauge of how long the page took to respond between click and action. When it comes to your page responsiveness, milliseconds matter. Users don't expect a delay between their input and a page response. And if they find one, they may choose to reload the page, leave, and never come back. So how do we improve first input delay? If your first input delay, JavaScript should be your number one suspect. Many websites use JavaScript to track their users are doing on the page, and in the process, they slow down their site considerably. So we have to consider whether that JavaScript needs to run every time the page is ascended. As marketers, we want minute details uh, as to how, how our customers are actually going through our page, but sometimes it comes at a cost. If you use your tracking tools delay, the page response to the first input, it might take time for this, but it's going to be a really tough choice. 
The best thing you can do is listen to web developers when they tell you that a function might be slowing down on your site. Get used to asking, how will this impact my responsiveness? Ask them over and over and over again when we're building out sites, when you're updating landing pages, when you're putting stuff into funnels. Ask, how is this going to impact my responsiveness? The last element of this is the CLS, which is the cumulative layout shift. Happens to all of us, and it's uh, never anything less than off-putting, to say the least. You go to a web page, you start reading, scrolling around, and suddenly the content moves around the page. I lose my marbles at this. Everybody I know does, my girlfriend does, everybody on my team does. This is called a layout shift, and it happens because some aspects of your page are loading slower than others. So how do we improve this? First, the FCL shift is a job for your web developer. You can help by making intelligent requests about where the dynamic content on the page needs to be. Choose your dynamic content wisely and double check that it's not causing a perceptible shift on the page. Embedding videos from YouTube or tweets or from Twitter can sometimes cause this issue as well. So can web-based fonts. So once again, make sure that the fonts you're using won't cause problems within your site. It's better to compromise on an aesthetic than to build a page that frustrates users. If you spot anything concerning, notify the web developer immediately. The last thing I want to say about this is that ultimately maximizing your core web vitals takes collaboration between the marketing and web development team. Understanding these essential metrics will help you make thoughtful decisions about what goes on on your page and how it appears. But remember, quality content is the core of any compelling web page. If you want more information about this, feel free to reach out to us, www.hiddenfallsmedia.com, or you can reach out to me directly at alex.vonderhart, and we will get you in contact with the right person to help you answer any of these questions. And until next time, I will leave an impact.